What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, welcome to Fantasy Football Today. It is Telethon Day, and I am in the Fort Lauderdale office, and i got to say, being here in person for a Heath side. Is really incredible. I got we got one of that's not even like a little bit ago, like like 10 seconds ago. That was well, I can't quite do it, I guess. But hey, welcome to Fantasy Football today. Adam, David, Heath here. Uh, yes, today is our telethon, and we have already this podcast is already raising almost two thousand dollars on eBay towards St. Jude. So that is awesome. The spot in the podcast league is over 1500, which is incredible. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. The, the guest spot on our show is at like 250. Let's get that up closer to a thousand. That'd be great. So go to eBay and just search for fantasy football today. How, how you guys doing? How we doing? I'm I am go. I am day. pumped. I'm excited. I've got my tuxedo pants on. <laughs> you did. I really look. See, they're right here. This is them. <laughs> yeah. Tuxedo pants are on. T-shirt, t-shirt Thursday and tuxedo pants. Yeah. yeah, we're all in t-shirts. All right. So listen, we have a very busy show. Basically, the way I feel right now. I'm, you probably guys probably feel the same way. You probably felt this way weeks ago, but I just feel very ready. Like I, I've done so many mocks. I know my strategies. I know who I like. I know who I don't like. I'm ready to go. So I want to give that wisdom, if it is wisdom, uh, good wisdom to the listeners. I want to know who you guys are drafting a lot, who you're avoiding. And uh, we got some fill in the blank. We got some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, but we have three big news items that I want to start with. Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, not much has changed, but we did get a report confirming what we suspected from NFL.com. Uh, Melvin Gordon expected to miss regular season games. Do you guys have any new reaction to this? It's what I've been saying all along. I don't think that Melvin Gordon is going to play much this season. He's he's following the Le'Veon Bell holdout blueprint to a T. The only problem is that blueprint does not lead the same place for him as it did for Le'Veon Bell. It does not lead to free agency. And so he is going to play this year. I This does not change anything for me. I think I'm a little more optimistic than Dave is that we'll see Melvin Gordon in the first half of the season. But I definitely think we'll see him by week 9 or 10. If he were out for the year, when would you draft Austin Eckler and when would you draft Justin Jackson? Eckler in the 4th, Jackson in the 6th. Something like that. Eckler had 5, 5, and 2 catches in the 3 games he played without Melvin Gordon. He didn't really do that well. Um, I would like to sort of make sure we hammer that home. Against Tennessee, 12 carries, 42 yards, and 5 catches, 26 yards. 
at Pittsburgh, 13 carries for 21 yards, five car- five catches for 22 yards. And then the good game was against Cincinnati. But, it, I mean, Cincinnati was the worst fantasy defense last year, or the worst, de- the best for fantasy opponents. 15 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown, two catches for 28 yards. Is he good enough to be a must-start guy? Here, this, here's the thing that I have a hard time with, and I, it's a fine question. But we've got two years of evidence of Austin Eckler being one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL. We've got three, two games, really, of evidence of him getting a feature load and being bad. One game of him getting a feature workload and being good. I don't know that he's good enough to say if he gets 65% of what Melvin Gordon got, he'll be 65% of Melvin Gordon. But I do think he gets the more valuable touches because catches are generally more valuable than carries are. And he's going to be a starting caliber running back for as long as Melvin Gordon's out. But I think if we were really excited about Austin Eckler, we'd take him higher than round four if we knew for sure that Melvin wasn't yeah. going to be there. I think we'd go higher than that. And it's the trepidation that he's more of a lower, low floor, high ceiling type of fantasy running back. And and I and I think he could lose the opportunities at the goal line to Justin Jackson. I think Jackson's better built for it. I think Jackson's got some potential. All right. Well, yeah, he he wasn't great either last year, um, but it was very limited. And uh, we'll see what happens. You know, Melvin Gordon has been a good fantasy running back before 2018 with a very bad yards per carry. So it's just a good offense to be in. And the other thing, last thing on that is, like I said, two three games for Eckler. Two of them were you know bad, and he had five catches in both of them. So that's a nice PPR floor. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be five he, catches every game, right? But, but he good. did have eleven plus in PPR in eight games last year. That's just overall. That's great. That's great. That's All nice. right. Well, I mean, it's great for a guy who is who you take in round six. Yeah, that's what it's great for. Uh, Jason Lockenfora expects Ezekiel Elliott to sign before Week One. You made an interesting pick yesterday in our uh, three receiver PPR IDP league. You had the fourth pick. I had the fifth pick, and you took DeAndre Hopkins, and I took. Ezekiel Elliott. Thanks for paying attention to my team. Yeah, so why'd you go Hopkins over Zeke? Because you have to start three receivers and it's PPR. But it's Zeke. I know, but I'm still I'm I'm starting to worry. The way that Jerry Jones is talking, he talked before and after the Jalen Smith press conference. Mm-hmm. It sounded like he is gonna dig in his heels a little bit and that Ezekiel Elliott isn't gonna get the big contract money that he wants. I just think he sounds like someone who know, like Jerry Jones knows that he has the hand one. He has all the leverage. He's given his best offer. Ezekiel Elliott's going to take that offer at some point. I don't I I just think he knows he has the hand he looks like someone's like, yeah, you know, I won this one. I I I want to learn from the Le'Veon Bell mishap sure. from last year. Yeah. And I just I can't think like the players and I can't think like the owners because I've never been in that position. Why not? And I don't know because the last time I did any kind of negotiating it went nowhere. Okay. All right. Or athletic, I was like or athletic event. All right, the, the house the house costs 200,000, Dave. Well, we want to bid 198. <laughs> no chance. You're paying 200,000. Okay, whatever. Look, uh you should see me at car dealerships. I'm a ton of fun. I'm I've moved Ezekiel Elliott down in my rankings. He's still a first round guy, but I'm starting to as the days go by, I'm going to get nervous, and I'm going to move him out of round one if he doesn't sign. All right, uh, last news item here before we get to some of the fun stuff. So Tariq Cohen, too much work last year, according to Matt Nagy. I guess that means he's going to see a reduced workload. How are you feeling about it? I We talked about this a little bit yesterday on FFT, and I, I moved him down a couple of spots. I think there's a couple of things here. One, 
the quote definitely did not say he's going to have a reduced workload, but it did imply that that was possible. And he thinks maybe they wore him down a little bit. Um, I don't think he's going to lose very many catches. So if he loses a couple of carries, I'm kind of okay with that. He's already being drafted two to three rounds after where I thought he should have, if he got exactly the same number of touches as last year. So even if I move him down, I move him down to a place where I'm still taking him. I'm just taking him a little bit later. The other, the final thing I'll say is, I understand why Matt Nagy says that, and I understand that he may not want to give Tariq Cohen very many touches, but the reason he quote-unquote overused him is because Tariq Cohen's really good, and I expect him to be in a lot of competitive games this year. And then those games, they're not going to be thinking, oh, Tariq Cohen's already had 10 touches. I don't want to give him another one. They're going to win the game. How would you guys rank Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller, and Tariq Cohen? In non-PPR, I assume, because it's not closing PPR still. To me, it is. I mean, to me, he's to me, he's last in both. But Cohen is last in both. Absolutely, Cohen is first for me in both in PPR. I don't want him. I don't want him. If so we're buying into take, David Montgomery, so you're going to take a then, low floor running back in Lamar Miller, who now has Duke Johnson to take passing downs work away. He doesn't get passing, has he doesn't get passing down work anyway. It's that that's not going to change. I mean, he's a thirty catch guy. It's not like this is going to crush Lamar Miller's value. I'm so unexcited I, I, about Miller and Drake that I'd rather take the upshot with Tariq Cohen. I'd much rather have Drake in PPR. In non PPR, I think Miller's probably the right answer. I would have said Drake if he were healthy. But wait, but how does you that know relate what to his Cohen? Is. Heath is Cohen's it, one for you in PPR for sure. And what about in non PPR? I think Miller's probably one. What about half PPR? That would probably be the same as PPR. No, it's a big difference. It's a, it's a 40-point really difference, difference for Tariq Cohen. Um, I would say I'm probably going Drake first and non, in half PPR. Okay. Today's sponsors are Head & Shoulders. New sponsor for us. we got a segment, a Head & Shoulders segment coming up later. Where we're going to talk about DSTs really for the first time. Go to headandshoulders.com slash NFL if you want more info. And FanDuel, very excited for FanDuel. Love FanDuel. He's going to play like 50 FanDuel contests a week. That's not a joke. Uh, probably 150. 150, sorry. Uh, that was a joke. 50 was just a joke. 150 a week. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Get a $5 bonus, and you can put that toward 150 contests a week. I want to know the players that you keep on drafting, and uh, you know what I'm going to say. Hey, let's try to be a little quick on this because we have a lot to cover today. But just give me some names that, as you've done a lot of mock drafts, real drafts, you keep finding on your teams, Dave. So tight end has been big for me. So Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, one of those two end up on most of my teams. Cam Newton has been on a lot of my squads. I'm finding him a great value starting in round seven. The, the IDP draft that we did, I got him in like round 10. It was crazy. People just were... Yeah. Just passing, passing, passing on quarterbacks. They were drafting IDPs before quarterbacks. He's QB 10 in CBS ADP. It's ridiculous. Last he year, shouldn't. he was sixth in points per game in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, eighth in points per game in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. And he's another guy that I agree with. I 100% love Cam Newton this year, and he was playing with a bad shoulder. He, he was averaging 26 fantasy points per game before he got Ooh. hurt, and he could be even bad. better than that this year. Uh, three running backs, Tony Pollard, Justin Jackson, Darwin Thompson. Now, Mostly improving two rookies, but there, there's all kinds of potential with all three of them. Now, you can't look at ADP with those guys because they're risers. So I just looked at le yesterday's mock draft that we did with our listeners, which I thought was actually a very good mock draft. They did a great job. We didn't really have a lot of crazy picks. Uh, Justin Jackson went with the first pick of the eighth round, 85th overall. Just I think that was me. Yeah. Uh, Tony Pollard and Darwin Thompson both went in the ninth round. That's right where they should go, all three of them. Yeah. And then there's one more. 
Well, disagree. It feels a little bit early to take for for a little round bit. eight. Yeah, for, round for eight is when them, you can or? start taking shots, man. Yeah, there's still good players available in round eight, like that. I feel like are going to contribute week one. Quarterbacks. Tony sure. Pollard and Justin Jackson might contribute a ton in week one. I think Justin Tony Jackson. Pollard might be a top five running back in week one. Uh, uh, Giants. Yeah. Well, does Tony Pollard have any value if he, if Zeke signs? No. He if Zeke signs, he's a <laughs> final round pick. And Justin Jackson doesn't either. If Melvin Gordon Melvin comes Gordon. back, and we feel like the two notes at the beginning of the show were Melvin Gordon's going to miss time. Jason Lockham Forrest says Ezekiel is going to sign before week one. Yeah. I mean, everybody was wrong about Le'Veon Bell last year. Like Dave I know. Uh, about this time last year when I said, are we sure that he's going to be there? Are we sure he's going to play? We just don't know for sure. So for now, I'm I'm taking upside in round eight. As the guy who drafted Zeke yesterday in fifth overall, I really wanted Pollard. He went one pick. I don't remember exactly where he went, but it was around round 10 or so. And there were some IDP. You should have gone sooner than that. If you really wanted to protect yourself. I was taking some very good players, though, at that point, you know, so I couldn't necessarily. This, this, this is my anti-handcuff message. and It's like you're t- it's hard to pass on good players that you think are actually going to help your team yeah. for a guy that doesn't have any value if things go well. Yeah, I'll try to um, I'll try to find. Okay, well, this is the mock yesterday, right? Okay, so Pollard goes round nine. Uh, here are the guys who went around him. So Tyrell Williams, Darwin Thompson, Jamison Crowder, Darius Geis, Tony Pollard, oh yeah, Jordan I mean, these Howard. Are all no, I, staples I think of it's fantasy fine. Teams, I think it's like, fine. Who can there. live? Yeah. who can live without uh, some of these? Guys? I would. I'd much like Darwin. I kind of feel okay with. It sounds like he has jumped over Carlos Hyde on the depth chart. Yeah, is the true number the, two in Kansas? Surprise. Um, so Darwin, I, I feel better with in that range. I I have a really hard time saying I should take Tony Pollard at the same time I should take Darius Geis. I don't. I don't. I don't, I, I don't either. I, well, if you're the Zeke owner, I definitely think you should. Yes. If you're not the Zeke owner, you're like Gary's guys should go. I can. I can win my league. Pollard, I can so? win my league throwing away my round eight pick. I have a harder time winning my league throwing away my first round pick, which is what you might be doing with Zeke. Yeah. I don't. I hate even saying it. I hate it. But like you're kind of enjoying it. <laughs> no, I hate it. The last guy. I, I, I enjoy it when I say it about Melvin Gordon. Don't take him early. Last guy Fine that enough. you wanted to talk about was Darren Waller. Yeah, guy that I'm taking late on all my teams. Yeah, and he's a riser. I'm my sleeper of the year, but Hard Knocks ruined it. He He's a riser in Heath's dynasty rankings, which is something we're going to try to talk about in a little bit. Um, Heath, who are some players you find yourself taking a lot? <laughs> the first guy, his ADP is ninth overall on CBS, but yeah. you took him 30. Heath's eye, you took him 39th overall at our draft yesterday. I, I tweeted immediately after, I'm really afraid I'm about to turn into the guy that says don't wait on QB. Because in our last three mock drafts now that we've done, and well, one real, two mocks, I've taken Patrick Mahomes at the three four turn, and I just I can't understand the argument for not like yes, there's great quarterback value all throughout the draft, and yes, Patrick Mahomes is not going to repeat what he did last year, most likely, but he kind of might. Um, <laughs> but it's the third or fourth round. Like if he did what he did last year, he should be the number one pick. But you have to pass up. You know, Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods or right. Those aren't. Those are very good players, and I would like to have them on my team as well. Actually, I think I had Cooks and Mahomes yesterday. Good. Um, but they don't. They're like Patrick Mahomes might just win you the league. Right. There comes a point in a draft where Mm -hmm. he's if he's there, you just go. I've taken him three straight, and I'm just I've decided that every draft that I have the end of the third, start of the fourth pick, if he's there for the fourth 
pick. I'm just t- and did you feel even a twinge of regret when you saw other quarterbacks go off the board later? I didn't think like there were massive quarterback values right. throughout the rest of the draft. I, there were none of them that I thought, man, that's a lot better deal than Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Before. Right. So I think you would feel differently if you took him in the first or the second. Oh, yeah, don't do that. But when you're when you're talking between 35th and 40th overall, yeah, it's a, it's a good spot. I kind of regret giving you a chance at Mahomes in one of those drafts. I took somebody else first, kind of dared yeah. you to take Mahomes, and, and you did it. Happily. Uh, he, last quarterback to repeat his QB1. You know who it was? I looked it up this morning. The last quarterback? That sounds like... Peyton Manning. That, that would have been my... No, guy. no. I always cite this. Peyton Manning 2013 was the last time we had a season like Mahomes. Right, but that wasn't his only number one season. Right. Uh, No, no, but that was his probably his best season. Oh, yeah. For sure. Right. The next year he had an amazing season, like 4,700 yards or more than that, more than 40 touchdowns, and he was QB4. Uh, The last quarterback to be QB1 twice in a row was Drew Brees, 2011 and 2012. And he did take a step back in 2012. He had about 35 fewer fantasy points and six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, but he still ended up as QB1. And Mahomes could lose even more than that, I think. Could Mahomes get the equivalent of 40 touchdowns and 4,000 yards? That's 80%. 4,000? Yeah, of course he's going to blow past 4,000. Yeah, 4,800, I would say. Right, so he's, he's pretty good. Okay, yeah, that team is fast. Right, uh, who else? Here? The running backs are like the anti-Dave running backs: Lashawn McCoy, Deion Lewis, and Kenyon Drake. And a lot of times, I get some of these guys after the Tony Pollard, Justin Jackson, Darwin Thompson group has gone off the board. Um, not Drake, but I do believe in our most recent draft, he was what at the end of the eighth. Drake, yeah, uh, ninth round pick in some drafts. So love his value there. I don't think he has like a season-threatening. No, I, I do believe yeah. still he's the most talented back in Miami, and the worst-case scenario is you're getting a low-end number two, high-end flex in PPR. So I'm not, not worried about Drake at all. I expect McCoy is going to be startable for the first three or four weeks of the of the year. Great zero running back guy if you surround him with guys like the guy on Dave's list that will be ready for you at some point. Or just draft Singletary with him. You could. That's a cheap duo. To, I just don't... Uh, I, I don't know for sure that Singletary is very good. I don't know that McCoy is. It's two years in a row with his lowest yards right. per carry. Right. But I, I mean, look, I, he I like, okay, but I like taking him. It makes sense fine. to take him. If but it's late, I don't like. It's late. If it's late, right? But uh, what I want to know is, does he have a passing downs role? Because the way it's looking in the preseason, at least, it's possible that Singletary is immediately their pass-catching guy. He's been very good as a pass-catcher in two preseason games. Yeah, I, so It's a question I, that I'd like answered. It seems like my impression is it's a question the Bills would like answered, and that's what they're trying to figure out. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, So far, if, I think they're liking what they're seeing. If Yeldon gets cut, then I think the answer is yes. Yeah, and I still think McCoy's got at least three catches a game, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not going to just completely come off the field. All right, so Drake, Deion Lewis... Deion Lewis was so bad last year, but he's not that bad of a player. I don't know how. 3.3 yards per carry. I, I think I've got him in the 12th round. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's fair. <laughs> and you love Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks, yep. John Brown. Um, his ADP on CBS, like it's coming up a little bit, but it's the 13th round. He's the number one receiver on the Bills, and it's not particularly close. Mm-hmm. He is. if. He's already had a thousand yard season in his career, and last year he was on pace for that with Joe Flacco. We've talked about it with Darnold. We've talked about it with Jackson. I don't actually agree that Josh Allen's eventually going to be a good quarterback, but if he makes some small improvement in his accuracy, which we should be expected to make some small ac- improvement, and John Brown stays healthy, I think the expectation should be a thousand yards. Ooh, 
Maybe. Yeah, I mean, half a season with Flacco, he was on pace for 1,007. 2015, he had 1,007. So, you know, that you could see that from Brown. Um, And Hunter Henry is the last guy you wanted to talk about? Yeah, and we're going to talk about him in the Dynasty Risers as well, so I won't say too much, but just seeing him on the field looking like Hunter Henry again with Phillip Rivers' track record with tight ends, I'm very close to just making him number four tight end. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so I can't... Why? Uh, uh, why? Because he has the same target upside as Evan Ingram. We've seen... I Does he? How I could, disagree but, with that. How? Forget about last year for just a second when they were running the corpse of Antonio Gates and Virgil Green out there at tight end. Rivers, the two years before that, targeted his tight ends 125 and 141 times. His tight ends, his but tight, not one guy. Right, well, one, one was Gates he, for a lot of the right. year. And Hunter Henry has averaged over nine yards per target and scored about once every ten targets. I he think, did it without Keenan Allen the first year. Right, though. that's a huge strike. And he did it without Mike Williams. Yeah. And he didn't even do he didn't even score that many touchdowns in his second season. Two thousand seventeen, he had four touchdowns. Two thousand sixteen, he had uh, eight touchdowns in in fifteen games without Keenan Allen on only fifty four targets. They need to make a concerted effort to get him the football. That's easier to do if Keenan Allen's not on the field. It's going to be easier to do with Melvin Gordon. That's I think helps him a lot. No I, Gordon. What? Yeah. Oh, it helps everybody in the pack. I don't know. I think it helps him. I should have said a lot. The problem for me with it is if it means that Austin Eckler's playing more, then it might mean they're throwing to the running back more. Maybe. It really depends on how defenses cover him. The the thing that I like best about Hunter Henry is that he meshes very well with Phillip Rivers. Rivers puts the ball in such great places for him to go and step up and and make plays. But he's never averaged more than 3.2 catches per game. Or forty one point four yards. He was the second game. tight end for those two years. Like he, he wasn't the starter. I'm hoping I'm hoping he ends up being what Antonio Gates used to be. I'm no longer opposed to taking him with a top sixty pick, but he's squarely sixth for me, and I don't see him being better than Ingram or Howard. He's in my opinion, he's kinda like Mike Evans, who's squarely eighth for a lot of people at at wide right. receiver. And he's the last you best. just heard what he said about moving him to fourth, which is fine. But I do think on draft day, he's going to be in most drafts the sixth tight end That's off the, the best board. Part about him. And you know what? In CBS, he's going eighth. He's going after Ebron and Jared Cook. And that should not be. Yeah, happening. that's a mistake. I'm going to run through my guys that I like quickly. I'm sort of a Texans guy this year. I really like getting Deshaun Watson because I think Duke Johnson's going to be really good for him. I really like getting Lamar Miller because when you're talking about the running backs going around Lamar Miller, he's the only one who's going to get more than 200 carries, in my opinion. And he's just had really bad touchdown luck. I don't know if it's bad luck because he hasn't gotten a lot of touch uh, carries near the goal line. But I still think for the amount of carries that Lamar Miller has gotten over the last three seasons, the fact that he never scores more than like five rushing touchdowns is crazy. And I think he's perfectly fine as a flex. Duke Johnson, guys. So he's really he's a good player in the passing game. He's really good. I just want to see if the if the Texans they just traded for him. Use him the right way. I want Duke Johnson. His ADP is the end of round 10. I'd be willing to take him in round 9 in PPR. Um, And the last three seasons, the running backs that weren't Lamar Miller, they've gotten around 150 carries. So I think we could get 120, which would be a career high from Duke Johnson. I think he's sneaky. Uh, I like Miles Sanders a lot. And he got to be a little patient, sure. but he's going to emerge as the best guy. All the reports have basically been saying, like, he's the best guy, and it's only a matter of time. So... I was asked in our Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today, who are the, the the stash running backs like Aaron Jones last year? And what I said was, last year the two guys I was the highest on as stash running backs were Marlon Mack and Aaron Jones. 
and what you got to look for are good offenses. And so this the, is a good one. The two that I came up with this year that I like stashing are Miles Sanders and Ronald Jones. Sanders way ahead of Jones. But guys who could step into a big role maybe four weeks into the season on good offenses, those were two that came to mind. Darwin? Uh, yeah, that's one. Yes, in my absolutely. And I think you make the case but, for but Pollard Darwin and Darwin has a tougher, tougher path to the starting job, in my opinion, than Sanders and Jones. Um, yeah. uh, I'd still Sanders, take, him. Yes. I'd take him over Jones. I, wouldn't no, take I, him. I, don't, I don't know if Ronald Jones is ever going to. I don't know either, but he goes so late that I'm willing to take the gamble. That's fine. And the last I guy, I, I keep drafting DK Metcalf, uh, debilitated knee Metcalf. <laughs> Just for fun. It's it's nice to draft. Like, He's free. Yesterday it was like pick 245 I was in, or 345 or something in the IDP league. We draft 700 players. And I thought, you know, rounds. let's just draft Bruce Anderson one more time. Sure. Just, just one more time. <laughs> sure. I'm going to want to make that a way. Bruce Anderson was an undrafted free agent. DK Metcalf was on some people's boards the number one wide receiver. Uh, so they've got look, they've got uh, red zone touchdowns I think Tyler Lockett six of his 19 career receiving touchdowns were inside the 20 so I think DK Metcalf could you know catch seven or eight touchdowns this year uh we're gonna take a break here on fantasy football today uh when we come back players were avoiding in drafts Heat's dynasty rankings and a lot a lot more preseason week three starts tonight so we got to take a little bit of a look ahead to that we'll be right back the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. All right, it is Telethon Day. We're going to be raising a lot of money for St. Jude. We're going to be answering your questions, getting you involved. So check out the Telethon on CBSSports.com, noon to 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Roddy White, Dwayne Bowe, Pierre Garçon, Fred Jackson, Eddie Lacy, Matt Forte, they're all stopping by. Eric Young, the wrestler, is going to be in this podcast studio with me and Heath all day. Dave and I are— You can't even tell them apart from me. I know, yeah, yeah, or me. Dave and I are going to be doing a pizza eating contest, and I am so excited for this. I've always wanted to do a pizza eating contest. You've never done one? Never. You have? Many times. Oh. Look at me. Well, I'm a, I'm well, a I trouble look like here. the kind of guy that runs marathons. Who do you think's going to win? Contest. Uh, I. You are currently favored, I believe. You're like really? Minus 160. It Shut should, up. It should be minus 300. But Dave's been putting out some uh, like really news releases, I think, to try to inflate that line so he can bet on himself. <laughs> I'm going to take Dave. I'm not going to bet against him. I would bet, I would bet on Adam. Uh, all right. So as promised, what happens when something Heath loves, Dorico, and meets something Heath hates? Let's get our podcast league entry right now. Let's take a listen. Okay, FFT. Podcast league submission coming at you. A real stallion of a song. <laughs> Shout out to Chris Towers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I'm gonna take my boy named Tari Cohen. He's gonna rise till he can't no more. I'm gonna take my boy named Tari Cohen. He's gonna rise till he can't no more. Yet to reach my running back. His old line is sacked, and he's got a knack for finding all those cracks. He ain't all workhorse, but opponents feel remorse. They'll cry like a Sally every time he scores. Everybody fade Montgomery. 
You got to stay Montgomery. Everybody stay Montgomery. All right, all right. Let's, let's bring Heath in. What do you think about our, our Old Town Road parody from Scott in Chicago? Matt Nagy says that he's going to take a few carries away from Tariq Cohen. I'm okay with that. doesn't bother me at all. That song... Tariq Cohen's buried in the ring. I'm not, I'm not drafting him anymore. That was great. Scott from Chicago, thank you for putting don't yourself out there. Don't Montgomery. No, don't fade Montgomery. That was a great song. Uh, I, you're pro- you're going to be in one of the podcast leagues. I've given away too many spots, it seems. So we have uh, the For the People League that Heath and I are in. It's a 10-teamer. Don't, don't give those away because I run that. Can we give? Can I give like one or two away? And, and I'm going to do Adam's another. He's I'm going to do a like third, a third spots. podcast league just for listeners. And I think I'm. I haven't told him this yet, but our producer Ben Schrager, I'm going to have you run the third league, and you're going to be <laughs> in. No, I want him to do it. I want him to get in there with the listeners. I, I think, think he's going to enjoy it. it. I think he'll do it. All right, players we're avoiding. I'm just going to let's do these. Um, let's do these now. All right, James Conner, I've been avoiding, and I'm here to say I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a mistake. And uh, I think maybe I overplayed Jalen Samuel's role a little bit, and Connor can still be really good. So I'm cool with him. The only thing is I do like Nick Chubb better, but I still think Connor is a late first-round pick, and I'm not avoiding him anymore. Amari Cooper, on the other hand, I am avoiding because he's in this big tier of receivers. So why am I going to take the guy with a foot injury right now? He should be the last one. Um, he went in round four yesterday instead of round three, and I'd be okay with him there, but I can't see myself drafting Amari Cooper because of the foot. Did you say Amari Cooper or Antonio Brown? Amari Cooper. <laughs> Antonio Brown. I'm fine with Antonio Brown. I think, I think, it's, been, I think point, it's been overblown but, with Antonio Brown. But you have to do it in the right spot with AB. And it's got to be round three. And I would take it Brown ahead three. of Amari Cooper. But Cooper, to me, is a late round three, round four guy because of the foot. And at first, it seemed like the foot issue really wasn't that big of a deal. And now he's just he, he's missing too much time. I wonder if it could linger. Last guy for me. I'm not drafting Stefan Diggs. Uh, I drafted him yesterday. Feeling's too. better. Thielen's better, so if we're Thielen's better in PPR, but it doesn't mean I don't want to draft Diggs. But you shouldn't like Diggs. Fourteen games of his last twenty-nine with fewer, with fifty or fewer yards. Yeah, that's that's, scary. that's not even good for a tight end, Dave. That's no, not good not. for a tight end. How many times did he get seventy yards? It's time. Yeah, and Thielen's better, and if they're gonna run the ball more, Thielen's. I think Thielen's gonna be fine. I think Diggs could suffer. All right, uh, Heath, who are you avoiding this year? Uh, definitely David Johnson, terrified of the offensive line. And listen, he might be just as good as he was last year, and that was a fine number one running back over a 16-game season. But that's not someone you draft in the top five picks, and it's not someone you probably want to take in the first round. So I'm avoiding David Johnson. Also, Josh Jacobs. It's just you get to that point of the draft, the end of the third, the start of the fourth round. I'd rather have Chris Carson. I'd rather have Devontae Freeman. I'd rather have Tevin Coleman. I'd rather have Aaron Jones. I'm not getting Josh Jacobs. You'd rather have Tevin Coleman than Josh Jacobs. Um, I think I'd take Jacobs. I get it. But, Dave, who would you take, Jacobs or Coleman? Jacobs all the way. Why? Because I think he's got a higher ceiling than Tevin Coleman. I I, I like Tevin Coleman. He's somebody that I want to get. I, I'm willing to take him in late round four. I'm happy to get him in round five. I think Jacobs has some pretty serious upside in that offense now that A.B. is back. The, to me, that's a huge factor, having a guy force the safeties play back. It's going to make it hard for Josh Jacobs. I don't to, think they need to do that. No, but they're going to. Because well, they're afraid well, Derek Carr is going to hold on to the ball and actually throw deep? I, I think just the threat of the speed, and I think there will be enough times during the year where Tyrell Williams will get targeted deep and Antonio Brown gets targeted deep 
that's going to force safeties to not try and stop Josh Jacobs first. Dave just touched my hand. It was very uncomfortable. This is, why, this is why I work from home. And, and we, I, I got a couple of tweets after I talked about not thinking the Raiders were going to be a good offense from Raiders fans. It sounds like Dave thinks they're going to be a good offense. I think they'll be. I just think they're going to be bad. I think they'll the be middle-of-the-pack, efficient type of offense that isn't necessarily great with the deep ball, but they'll threaten with the deep ball. You understand the difference between the two? Yeah, I don't yeah, think, yeah. I don't think well, a defense is going to say, well, you suck at throwing it deep. So they're we're just going to – the I box. just think with what Derek Carr did last year, they are going to have to throw the ball deep successfully before teams are going to pay any attention to that at all. Because all he did last year was just Jalen Rashard, Jared Cook, Jalen Rashard, Jared Cook. Yeah, all right. I just two. There were two middle-of-the-pack offenses last year. That produced the two best running backs in fantasy. Uh, and that was the Giants and the Panthers. I could see the, I could see the Raiders being as good as those teams were. They were like round sixteenth in total and scoring. I also don't think Jalen Rashard is going to be as big of a factor as well as he thinks he's. Gonna. Um, and by the way, those, I'm not saying he's going to finish. Those two running backs one. caught like eighty to five, ninety, a hundred passes. I think he's going to catch more passes than Tevin Coleman. That was the last thing I was going to say. Yep, I, that would be too. surprising. No, it, very surprising. to me, it Kevin Coleman's surprising. been an excellent pass catching running back, and Josh yes. Jacobs caught like. What thirty five passes in college? He, he will not share. Guys, running backs don't really catch share. a lot of passes in college. You right. catch twenty in a year. That's so he's gonna, he's going to lead the Raiders in running back targets. If Raiders running backs in yeah. targets, yes. Yeah, maybe. I think it'll be. I guess it'll be close. I don't know what to expect from Coleman in the passing game. That is my big question. I, I don't have an answer. I'm looking forward to seeing it. He but... will lead all Bay Area running backs <laughs> in targets. All right. Uh, who else? Uh, did you want to talk about anyone else? Nope. Okay, Dave, who are you avoiding? I haven't drafted Devontae Freeman in a single league yet this year. Worried about him getting a huge workload. I know we don't know who that other back is going to be, but the the injury track record, plus how he came back from his first injury, tells me that the the Falcons don't want to overload him, which is smart. And whether it's Ito Smith or Brian Hill or somebody else getting in there, they're going to take work away from him. And I also think the Falcons are going to be in a ton of track meets this year. I don't buy that their defense is going to be great. It'll be better than it was last year, but it's not going to be great. And I think Matt Ryan is just going to fire off a ton of passes again. It's why Matt Ryan is a top-five quarterback for me. Julio is a top-two wide receiver for me. Calvin Ridley's a top-24 receiver for me. Devontae Freeman, I'm not going to fight you taking him in round three, but I'm not doing it. I'm just, I can't find it within myself. Jacobs or Jacobs? Jacobs. Jacobs. Got Jacobs. Uh, Ingram or Freeman? I think I have Freeman a little bit ahead of Ingram, mm-hmm. and but it's really close. To clarify, when we say we're avoiding guys, it's not, it's not an not absolute. It's them. at their ADP. Right. Like I'm, I'm avoiding happen. Royce Freeman pretty much at all costs. Okay. I'm not avoiding Devontae Freeman. <laughs> Royce Freeman's another guy I draft a lot. <laughs> all right. All right. Another guy that I'm worried about, and I've got him with a late round four grade, so I'm never going to get him, is Aaron Jones. Tough schedule for Green Bay. Track record of Packers running backs. I can't wait. To ask Eddie Lacy, I touched you again. No, you that hit time me. on purpose. Eric Young hit me. That was I. I ta- <laughs> that was a hit. I literally tapped you like I was tapping glass. You're ready for Eric Young. You are theory. not. You are not ready for a wrestler to sit next to you for six hours. Um, the track record of running backs with Aaron Rodgers worries me. This schedule worries me, and Aaron Jones' history with injuries worries me. And he's already had a hamstring injury already. I think the Packers' running backs are going to split. He'll be the lead guy. It's almost the same thing as with Devontae Freeman in Atlanta. And I think it's gonna. I, I think Aaron Jones won't have enough great games to warrant that top thirty-ish type of pick. And I'm not sure if that's exactly where his IDP is, but it's it's close enough to that. You, I think you said IDP. No, ADP. IDP on the yeah. I, Aaron Jones is the individual draft position. Yeah, Aaron Jones is the uh, toughest draft day call for me. I, there are I've, so many things I like about him, but I also see the concerns that you have. Right, and it, I'm, and I don't want to say that he's a bad player. 
Because when you watch him Could play, he's a good downhill runner. He packs a punch that someone his size doesn't have. But I just I don't like the situation. When you talk about running his back ADP, track record. His ADP IDP is 33. Running back track record with Aaron Rodgers. They have a guy who averages five yards per carry basically every year. So but they don't that, give a lot the of that has they to haven't be. Given I know, I know, right. That's the There's kind been of a lot of injuries. Game. A lot of injuries. What, how do you feel about Aaron Jones? Mm. Like he's right in that range. Like it's very difficult for me <laughs> in a range where you've got like Chris Carson definitely has injury concerns. Damian Williams definitely has injury concerns. Todd Gurley definitely has injury concerns. Like every running back from like eight through twenty five has some injury concerns. Except for maybe I guess Josh Jacobs doesn't. He just has can he hold up to a right. workload? And I guess Tevin Coleman doesn't really. Um, but all of them have injury concerns, so I've mostly just shrug at the injury concerns. Well, when do you take him? I mean, do you take Ingr- do you take Aaron Jones or do you take Damian Williams? I would prefer Damian Williams in PPR, Jones and none. All right. So um, I just one. Th- I, I got to do something. Like a little detour here. Do we have the Facebook poll that we can pull up here? It was a question in our Facebook group yesterday. That was answered 100% correctly, except for one small error. Here it is. Who is the most huggable member of the podcast? What a, what a weird is and great poll. running away with it. No question. I'm in second place. You Heath should. is in third, and Jamie is almost... It, 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 Jamie and Heath are basically tied for third. But he, Dave is... Like, this is, He's clearly the most huggable. Without a doubt. Yeah. You should not have any votes. Why? Well, first off, like you would... Sh- we saw how you acted when Dave touched your hand. You, the, you should see him when I hug him. He's so weird pre-hug. And then once you actually got to the hug, it's like, what are you holding on to this time? Like, to get a little child in your hands. Yeah, well, you, don't you like that you see a little child? You hug him. That's what you That's do. not what I do, Adam. Like a child you know, for, for the record. A child you know. <laughs> anyway, the Facebook group is a lot of fun. Check it out. Uh, Facebook, just search for Fantasy Football Today. Um, I did an impromptu AMA at like midnight last night, and it was a little bit wacky. And I was asked, why does Heath sigh so much? And the only thing I could think of is because I'm annoying him. You have so, stuff in your hair. Oh, thanks. Oh, I have stuff in my hair. Good. I need some shampoo, Dave. It's time for our Head and Shoulders segment. Okay. Offense versus defense. What is Head and Shoulders? Is it great offense? Is it great defense? You heard Dave and I debate that. Um, but the the segment is about offense and defense. We don't talk about DSTs a lot. So when should you draft a DST? The Chicago Bears DST is the first one off the board, and they are going in the 80s. It is, like, way too early. Uh, basically, like, a round eight pick for the Bears DST. We're never going to say that. But let's take it, you know, a little bit farther, deeper into the draft. Guys like Cortland Sutton, James Washington. Backup receivers on your team. Some upside. Do you take guys like that or the Bears DST? I'll be releasing my final bust list next week, and the Bears will be on it, just like the Jacksonville Jaguars were on it last year. Um, we talk about quarterbacks not repeating as number one. You most of the time you can just stream defense and be fine. But if you don't want to do that, you can draft a very good top five defense at the very earliest in the next to last round. The bears are going to be a good defense. They're almost definitely not going to be the number one defense. Again, they're not going to score near as many touchdowns as they did last year because defenses just do not do that repeatedly. And there is no reason to invest a pick three to four, five rounds before the other defenses are going in a defense that's probably going to be just about as good as the guys you can get in the last round. So here's how I view it. 
how many rounds before your final pick are you willing to take a, a great defense? So the earliest I'd say would be like, if we're let's say it's a 15, 16 round draft. I mean, round twelve is probably the earliest I look. I agree. And, that's and, and, and that's where I'm going with. But it, it, to me, it's like there has to be absolutely nobody on the yes, draft board that I like. But that's yep. why I'm giving you Cortland Sutton, James Washington, those types of receivers. If you're if they're sitting there and those guys are the best receivers left, and the Bears DST, who you all have ranked number one, even though you're right, Heath, they probably won't finish number one. Um, who would you take? I'm gonna. It depends on the guy. James Washington, I'll take ahead of the Bears defense because I think he's got some pretty high upside at this point. But when we get to names like Albert Wilson, Sutton's probably on in this group too. Um, another guy I'm not drafting, Vance McDonald. He'll go way before the Bears defense, but I would take the Bears defense before Vance McDonald. When it comes to your fourth to last pick, I'll take the Bears DST. When it comes to your third to last pick, I'll take the Jaguars DST. There isn't another DST that I would invest in with more than a second-to-last pick or last pick because a lot of the good DSCs that are out there have tough matchups. Jacksonville's one of them. Chicago's yeah, one of them. Uh, most of them have bad week one matchups. So if, you Cowboys, like, if you like playing the, the matchups, yep. the Cowboys, uh, the Eagles have good ones. They have the Redskins week one, the Eagles. Well, the Cowboys have the Giants. Giants, Redskins, Redskins Cardinals, or something like that. I, no, no, I've got it. I think it's the Giants, Redskins, Dolphins. Dolphins. There's, and then the, the Cowboys in week four. Games. That's great. I think it's important to remember, like, the listeners that everybody else, the drafts our listeners are going to be in. And so you look past round 12 and round 13, Edo Smith, John Brown. Right. So, like, yeah. John Brown's a good one. Before a defense. Head of the Bears. Justice yeah. Hill. Yeah. Justice Hill. Miles Boykin. Debo Samuel. Uh, like, draft those guys. Take a defense last. Yeah, it doesn't have to be all of them, but there are going to be there are going to be players that you, you're going to like better sure. than defense. All right, great. That is our head and shoulders offense versus defense debate. Great shampoo. Uh, it really is actually great shampoo. We've been using it for a while now. It is great offense for your hair and defense for a flake-free scalp. And go visit headandshoulders.com slash NFL for more. All right, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, Heath wants to talk Dynasty, and that's awesome. We need to talk more Dynasty. He's got some Dynasty risers after the break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Heath, been working on your dynasty rankings. Who's yeah. moving on? Who's moving on up? And the most important thing is don't do that again. But also, preseason shouldn't change your redraft rankings too much. It shouldn't change your dynasty rankings very much at all. But there are some changes. A couple of quarterbacks that moved up, Sam Darnold and Lamar Jackson. We've talked about it a lot this summer. Rookie quarterbacks are often bad. They're many times better in their second year. And we've seen signs from both Darnold and Jackson in the preseason that they're improving. Jackson's still well ahead of Darnold simply because of what he brings on the ground, and he does not have to take as big of a leap as a passer. At running back, I've moved Chris Carson up, and I, I think it just kind of hit me. We're talking about a 25-year-old running back who had 1,300 total yards and nine touchdowns last year. He's on the most run-heavy team in the league, and he keeps beating out Rashad Penny. So stop worrying about Rashad Penny. Chris Carson's a top-20 dynasty running back. Austin Eckler has moved up for obvious reasons. It might be a little underrated, though, in Dynasty, the opportunity that he could have in the first half of this year. 
Because if he shows us in the first six or seven weeks before Melvin Gordon gets there that he actually is a very good running back and holds up to that workload, he might have a feature job somewhere in the not-too-distant future. Wide receivers moving up. Josh Gordon, obviously. It's not obvious where to rank him, though. Yeah. Very difficult because you have to weigh that risk and reward. I think it's worth recognizing what the reward is. So if you gave me three years of Josh Gordon on the Patriots the next for the next three years, I, he'd be a top 15 wide receiver. Right now, I'm, I've moved more into the 30 range just because of risks about how much he's going to play. Yeah, right. Um, John Brown, we talked about him earlier. He's moving up as well. I think the true number one there in Buffalo. And then tight ends, Hunter Henry and Darren Waller. I, I do have a little hesitance on Waller. <laughs> um, so I have moved him up. He was not in my most recent dynasty rankings. The reason he was not in my most recent dynasty rankings is he's going to turn 27 next month. He's got like 180 career receiving yards. In, he entered the league in 2015. <laughs> this is not his first, second, or third nope. year in the NFL. And so, yes, he should be on your radar. He should be added as a stash. You should hold on to him. He's not a starting option. Okay. All right, Darren Waller. Uh, we have uh, we have about 12 minutes left and a lot to get to. So let's have some fun reading emails, reading tweets, and talking a little bit about preseason week three. Um, some ex- I consider these excellent emails. Michael in Wisconsin. Why is no one talking about Mike Davis? He ran with the starters week one for the Bears. He sat out week two. He's basically going undrafted and looks like Chicago's starting running back. I don't get it. Uh-huh. Montgomery looked good with the second unit, but rookie running backs rarely start week one. Chubb, Carrion, Sony, Freeman, Penny, Ronald Jones, all were backups. Obviously, Barkley wasn't, but this is a good point. Like, I, can I just say boom? It's a good point. Can I can I boom back? But yes, rookie running backs never or very rarely get the first team treatment in the preseason right away. That's just a thing that coaches do. And not only did Mike Davis sit out the second week of the preseason, half the Bears team sat out but not the Montgomery. second week of the preseason. Yes, he did. He didn't play week two. He didn't play week two. Out. Okay, he didn't play week, week one. He played, but week two he did not. So I, I think Mike Davis was added before the draft because they weren't sure who they were going to get in the draft. This is like when the Bears got Chester Taylor years ago, and I remember this because I was on Team Chester Taylor. Yeah, I was like, they gave him seven million dollars for a reason, and then I, I think it was Forte that went out there and made made Chester Taylor look like they. Nothing. The Bears had almost no draft capital, and they still took. David Montgomery. They, they took a luxury. They, they, I, I'm but I do you, think you should draft Mike Davis late, right? Like yes, you've, you could. You should, yeah. I, I, nobody pays attention to him. We might be underrating how likely this turns into a Philadelphia situation. It could be. All right. Uh, Dear Kermit, Fozzie, Scooter, and Rolf. Rolf, the dog. I don't, I don't know. The, I don't know. That. You've the, got a Muppet, little child. The yes. Characters from the worst television show ever produced. <laughs> Uh, those would be euphoria characters so then. Um, this is Mike from Ontario, by the way. I have the number two pick in a half PPR league. Can you talk a little bit about Kamara versus McCaffrey? Are they so close that it doesn't matter? Which one would you pick and who has the higher ceiling? It is close. It, it's really close. Uh, when when we got the email breaking down Christian McCaffrey's last few games with Cam Newton, that sold me on Alvin Kamara even more. It's the best email we've had. It was Cooper re- Doug's email. Right. Cooper, Cooper Doug nailed it. And so I still love Christian McCaffrey, but I think Alvin Kamara continues to play with this hyper-efficiency that he's had. Still is going to get close to 300 touches. Guy's got at least 13 total touchdowns each of the first two seasons, over 1,500 yards. 
I, I think he's untouchable at number two overall. Yeah, Kamara's the answer, and it's not – it's funny because these are clear top four for me in my projections, but it's not that close. But don't you have – or do you have McCaffrey projected for more touches? Because I feel like he's got major touch upside over Kamara. I think in theory he does. I but it might only be about like 20 or 30. No, I think – yeah. well, how much was it last year? It was probably – Probably 40, 40 less. Maybe. And remember, that's a lot. That's a, order that's a very of the season significant. without Cam at 100%. And, and, it, but also, if you take Kamara and you get rid of his first four games and give him that pace for touches when, when Ingram wasn't playing and give him the 12 games he played, or I think he played 11 games with Ingram, like McCaffrey had a lot more touches than Kamara. Kamara, though, is just such a touchdown beast. And I buy it. I don't think it's fluky. I don't think so either. I don't. Think I do we, take Kamara over McCaffrey for the record. I I agree. And I just I love the way that defenders just slide right off him like he's covered in Crisco. He's just absolutely fun to watch and dominant every single week. Tons of catches. McCaffrey's going to have to contend with Cam stealing touchdowns from him. You know who had to contend with a quarterback stealing touchdowns from him last year? Kamara. And he still had eighteen. Was that his total last year? Drew Brees ran for four. All right, so so let me give the numbers here. With Mark Ingram, 16-game pace with Ingram last year was 268 touches. Christian McCaffrey had 342 touches. And they're talking about... Uh, no, he... he sorry. Thank he you. had... Because he barely played Week 17. So I removed that game, and I gave him 16 games based on his first 15 games. And with that pace... And that's sort of, sort of something that people lose, like... McCaffrey basically played 15 games last year, and he was the number one running back in PPR. So with that 16-game pace, that's a 300, what did I say? 342-touch pace compared to 268 for Kamara. And I, st- I still take Kamara. Yeah. But because but I, I, I think they might reduce That's a lot higher than McCaffrey's I thought it would be. They've talked plenty about talked reducing about it. it, yeah. All right, last email here, and we have some fill-in-the-blank. Uh, possible dynasty trade from Chris in the capital of Michigan. Grand Rapids, Lansing. Lansing, Lansing. Oh, I thought he said beer capital. You would think, I, like I didn't say beer, but you just heard beer. Uh, which side of this deal would you rather have, DeAndre Hopkins and Melvin Gordon, or Saquon Barkley and Amari Cooper? Melvin Gordon and DeAndre Hopkins, or Barkley and Amari Cooper? I'll take the Saquon side because Saquon's on that side. Yeah, I like Saquon is the best player in the deal. But I think I'd rather have the Hopkins and Melvin Gordon side of the deal. I think it's such I, a loss this I, year. Well, maybe potentially. I mean, Cooper could miss a lot of time too with the. Foot I think injury. Melvin Gordon's closer to Saquon Barkley than Amari Cooper is to DeAndre Hopkins. Would agree with that. I don't know about that. I don't know I if we're ever going to see the the best of Melvin Gordon. We How old is he? He's okay. His legs didn't fall off. He just wants to get paid. And then what's going to happen once he does get paid? He's a, a running bit back older. going into his fourth year. Fifth year? Fifth year? <laughs> yes. So what, okay. in a dynasty league, three more years? Yeah, that's fine. All right. Yeah, um, but you've got say Melvin Gordon is uh, 26 years old. Saquon Barkley's got at least five great years ahead of him. He, he is the most I don't feel comfortable. The most desirable running back. Three years for running. Most desirable running back in dynasty. Agreed. Most, about, most desirable player yeah. in dynasty? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just going to read some news and notes. Darwin Thompson appears to have leaped Carlos Hyde. We talked about that. Minnesota loves Alexander Madison, according to Jay Glazer. Alexander Madison. Cooper Cup's test scores are better now than before his knee injury, like his athletic test scores, also according to Jay Glazer. Not, not the SAT? 
I don't know. Uh, he had time to study, so, you know. Uh, the Jets already without Avery Williamson for the year, and now they're losing Brandon Copeland, another linebacker, for four games. So that could now we're starting. That's not good for their run defense. I do think their tackles should be pretty good. Their though. defensive line is beastly, and C.J. Mosley is still there, so I'm not ready to write off their run defense yet. Brian Flores, the Dolphins coach, seemed to say that Josh Rosen is not ready to be their starting quarterback, and we expect it to be Fitzpatrick. Uh, Joe Fan of NBC Sports Northwest said Rashad Penny is falling further behind Chris Carson. Jimmy Kemp's okay. Talk about a report that I do not buy into at all. I'm not saying the report is wrong, but just I don't care. Maybe I should. Jimmy Kemsky of Philly Voice said that Nelson Aguilar Aguilar has been very impressive. You don't care for Aguilar, correct? You do care for Wince, correct? You do care for all the other Eagles. We don't want. Not to really. Play. I just don't think he's going to be that big of a factor. I just Wentz is going to. You don't Wentz is going to throw. Yeah, I guess so. But I guess he hasn't been that good. Like, what's, what's so good about Nelson Aguilar? I want Wentz so bad in so many of my fantasy drafts, and I never get him because I end up getting Cam before him. Eh, fair. Uh, all right, some fill in the blank from Thompson. If Jordan Reed plays 16 games this year, he will finish as the number blank tight end. Five, seven. Do you agree that Jordan Reed is the tight end that has the most? Differential in PPR versus non PPR value. No, not anymore. Last year you um, wait. I don't. I they feel like if I say no that I've got to give yeah. you another person. Um, the answer is Delaney. Eric Ebron. Eric. Uh, that oh yeah, Ebron would be a good one. Uh, I don't know that. The, I think they had like seventeen touchdown passes last year or something. The Redskins. That's why I just, over under for twenty nineteen <laughs> for the whole team. Yeah. You can't 18, say over. Barely right? over. Right, okay. Barely over. Less than 20. It's going to be tough. And it's a tough schedule for Jordan Reed to begin the year. But if, if he's going to get overloaded with targets, I mean, at this point, Washington probably has to say, well, let's just, we, we got to play him. We don't have a choice. We can't worry about him getting hurt again. Let's just run him. Let him be the number one guy in the offense. I feel like I was wrong about that stat. Let's figure it out. Uh, another fill in the blank here. The number two wide receiver in Pittsburgh will be blank, and they will finish in the top blank. Thank you, Dave. I want you to tell me about the Redskins. That's why. Uh, the number two wide receiver in Pittsburgh will be a revolving door, and they will finish in the top 75 wide receivers. I talked with a buddy of mine who does radio in Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's and, pretty negative. Jeez. <laughs> and they, the nickname for James Washington is Mr. August because apparently he balls out in the preseason, and then when the regular season starts, it doesn't translate. I'm still willing to draft James Washington with a round 11-ish pick on the hope that he can be that explosive element that the Steelers passing game will need opposite Juju to help make Juju play like Juju. I don't think Moncrief is as explosive. I think he's just a good, solid veteran who earned Roethlisberger's trust for now. Can't wait to see how much Washington plays with the first-team offense in their third preseason game. Can't wait to see if Roethlisberger gives him a shot downfield. Uh, 16 passing touchdowns for the Redskins. Nailed it. Oh, no, I said 17. You said 17. Said 16. Yes. Yeah, Maybe that means they're going to have 17 this year. All right. Sam says the blank will be a surprise top five DST. Are the Cowboys a surprise? I got one. Maybe you'd think that they are, but I think enough people are on to them just because they were pretty good last year and their schedule's great. Cleveland Browns. Yeah. And Will Brinson thinks the Broncos could be number one. I know they're, and by they're the not going to be a surprise, but Brown, I just want to throw that out The there. Browns start the season home against Tennessee. I'd say that's a great matchup for them. And then week two, they're at the Jets. Ooh, yeah, all right. I'll take it. All right, Pete the Commish says Zeke will play in blank games this year. 15. That's what I was going to say. 15. 
I'm going to say 15 2. Let's get, let's get the optimism. They are going to lose to the Giants in week one because Amari Cooper is nope. not going to play. He's probably going to play. They're going to lose to the Giants. They're not. And they're going to panic and they're going to give Zeke all their money. They're, he's going to sit out week 17 because <laughs> they, can't, the they can't catch the Eagles and they've already clinched a wild card. Uh, all right, guys. We have about two minutes left. Tell me what you're watching for in preseason week three. Well, I, I just said um, th- that we're looking for the. What did I just say? I'm looking for the in the preseason. Don't the stop hitting me. <laughs> well, don't sit so close to me. The Steelers. I, I'm going to look at that offense for sure. One, I'm going to keep an eye on Lamar Jackson just to see if he can improve that downfield yeah. accuracy a little bit more. Um, I, I would start with those two guys. The Cardinals. You have to look at the Cardinals offense now. Yeah. And it's it, it. I wouldn't be surprised in the least if it's a total mess. I wouldn't either against Minnesota. They're on the road against the Vikings. It's going to be a bad look for them. I don't think they should start to reveal their plan. They said they were one. going to. Kyler said they're going to open up the playbook. Well, let all right. So let's see what it it's looks big, like, and let's not judge them until probably, we see what it probably looks. Probably a bad idea since the offensive line didn't know that the five plays they were running. Well, <laughs> I just I, honest, honest to God, I don't think they were expecting the Raiders to blitz them like crazy. Yeah, I just think we're hoping to get some backfield clarity. I, I mean, Ravens Eagles is a big one tonight. And by the way, we're going to have live reaction on CBS Sports HQ tonight. Uh, so please watch it. Just download the CBS Sports app and watch HQ. You can watch it on your living room TV if you have a Roku, Apple TV, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I want to see what what the Eagles' backfield's looking like. Um, I guess I want to see what what Devontae Freeman's role is tonight if he's going to play. I don't know who's going. They you know they don't treat preseason like they used to. I don't think we're going to get three quarters of starters for a lot of these teams. Like the Ravens have been really good giving us a lot of work, a lot of looks at the starters. Um, so I hope that continues. They're one of the most interesting teams. I want to see what Darwin does. Who? What Darwin does. Darwin. I want to see him play with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Let's see that happen. And, uh, okay, let's see. That's it. That's it. I'm good. This is a great show, guys. Got a lot done today. It's great to have you here. Yeah, it's fun. Can't wait for the telethon. So let's uh, let's end the show. Uh, Put our tuxedos on and our 80s clothes on. And na 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 na